0: has this Vyasa sun gotten higher since I came last little bit huh? and this is new and the clock is new it's helpful <laughs> does it uh, alarm when the time is up <laughs> quarter to nine <laughs> the alarm goes on and then the Vyasa sun opens up from the bottom and falls through <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so om namo, om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Today we are reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto Five, Chapter One. Called the Activities of Maharaj Priyavrata, text number 19. Bhangtvabjana bhangri saruja kosha. Bhavjana 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 Vimukta Sangha Prakritim Bhajaswam Vimukta Sangha Tvam Yourself Twam. Tu Twam. Ben, ben. Abjanabha, Abjanabha Of the Supreme Personality of Godhead of Whose navel is like a lotus flower <laughs> Anghi Feet Saroja, Saroja. lotus. Lotus. Kosha, Kosha. whole. Durga, Durga. the stronghold. Stronghold. Ashrita, taken shelter of. Nirjita, Nirjita. conquered. Conquered. Shatsapatna, Shatsapatna. the six enemies. enemies. The mind and five senses. senses. Bhungshva, enjoy. Iha, in this material world. Bhogan, enjoyable things. Purusha, by the Supreme Person. atidishtan extraordinarily ordered. Vimukta, liberated. Sangha, from material enjoyment. Prakritim, constitutional position. BHAJASWA, Bhajaswa, Bhajaswa in joy. enjoy. JOY Translation and proper by His Divine Grace Isi Bhaktivedanta Swami Lord Brahma continued My dear Priyavrata, seek shelter inside the opening in the lotus feet of the Lord sorry, in the opening take shelter inside the opening in the lotus of the feet of the Lord whose navel is also like a lotus thus conquer the six sense organs the mind and the knowledge acquiring senses accept material enjoyment because the Lord, extraordinarily, has ordered you to do this. You will thus always be liberated from material association and be able to carry out the Lord's orders in your constitutional position. Please repeat. Lord Brahma continued. Lord Brahma continued. My dear Priyavrata, My dear Priyavrata. Seek, shelter seek shelter inside the opening in the lotus of the feet of the Lord whose navel is also like a lotus. Thus conquer the six sense organs, the mind and knowledge acquiring senses. Accept material enjoyment because the Lord extraordinarily has ordered you to do this. You will thus always be liberated from material consciousness and be able to carry out the Lord's orders in your constitutional position. PURPORT There are three kinds of men within this material world. Those who are trying to enjoy the senses to the utmost are called karmis. Above them are the jnanis, who try to conquer the urges of the senses, and above them are the yogis, who have already conquered the senses none of them however are situated in a transcendental position only devotees who belong to none of the above mentioned groups are transcendental as explained in bhagavad gita mam chayo bhakti yogena sevate Saganan samati kalpate one who engages in full devotional service who does not fall down in any circumstance at once transcends the modes of material nature and thus comes to the level of brahman Lord Brahma herein advises Priyavrata to remain transcendental in the fortress, not of family life, but of the lotus feet of the Lord. Abjanabhangri Saroja When a bumblebee enters the opening of a lotus flower and drinks its honey, it is fully protected by the petals of the lotus. The bee is undisturbed by sunshine and other ex- external influences. Similarly, one who always seeks shelter at the lotus feet of the personality of Godhead is protected from all dangers. It is therefore said in Srimad Bhagavatam Punya murare Bhavam Padam param Padam 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 Yatpi Padam For one who has taken shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord, everything becomes easier. Indeed, even crossing the great ocean of nations. Bodhi is exactly like crossing the hoofprint created by a calf, Vatsapadam. For such a devotee, there is no question of remaining in a place where every step is dangerous. Our actual duty is to carry out the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If we are fixed in our determination to carry out the Supreme Order of the Lord, we are always secure, regardless of where we are situated, whether in hell or in heaven. Here in the words Prakritim, Bhajasva are very significant. Prakritim refers to one's constitutional position. Every living entity has the constitutional position of being an eternal servant of God. Therefore, Brahma advised Priyavrata, Be situated in your original position as an eternal servant of the Lord. If you carry out His orders, you will never fall, even in the midst of material enjoyment. Material enjoyment achieved by dint of one's fruitive activities differs from material enjoyment given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A devotee sometimes appears to be in a very opulent position, but he accepts that position to follow the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, a devotee is never affected by material influences. The devotees in the the Krishna consciousness movement are preaching all over the world in accordance with the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They they have to meet many karmis, but by the influence, but by the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they are unaffected by material influences. He has blessed them as described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, A sincere devotee who engages in the service of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by preaching his cult all over the world will never be affected by taranga, material influences. On the contrary, in due course of time, he will return to the shelter of the lotus feet of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and will thus have perpetual association with him. So um, this section, Srimad Bhagavatam, is <coughs> a, uh, an attempt by uh, Lord Brahma to convince uh priyavrata who is not king yet but will become soon uh to um take up household life uh, get married and take up uh the kingship uh in of this entire world uh, and so you find this in shrimad bhagavatam quite often that there's uh, this um tension going on between the householders and the renunciates uh, in fact, uh, we read a few verses before about the importance of the varnashrama system, Prabhupada, uh, the, in, the, in the verse, actually, and then Prabhupada was explaining the purport. Uh, and in order for Varnasthama to work uh, properly, there should be, there has to be tension between, uh, between two categories. Uh, on the one hand, between the uh, householders and those who are renunciates, and then... Uh, on the other hand, between brahmanas and kshatriyas. Uh, and these two pairs of tensions have to be present because that's what keeps the system healthy and keeps it going. So for the Brahmins and kshatriyas, for example, the Brahmins uh, they uh, possess uh, the knowledge that's necessary to run the kingdom as well as the, their blessings and their approval allows the king and the kshatriyas to rule. Okay, So in in that sense, they provide, they give permission and they give guidance and they have the uh, know-how in order to run the kingdom. Everything from the politics of running it to the actual um, art of weaponry. And this is all knowledge and knowledge is safeguarded and taught by the Brahmins. Uh, And yet, they have no ability to use that knowledge for power. They have no ability to wield that power. The wielding of power is kept in the hands of the Kshatriyas. But Kshatriyas cannot do anything before receiving legitimacy or approval from the Brahmins. Um, And so there's sort of a tension that's set up between the two, or there should be a tension between the two, for the system to work in a healthy manner. Now, that tension could disappear. right? The brahmins, they need the kshatriyas, to, because kshatriyas have the power, and the kshatriyas need the brahmins to legitimize their rule, to approve it, to bless it. So if they became corrupt and they work together, right, uh, then that's called corruption. And basically then you've got a very oppressive, top-heavy system that suppresses everyone else at the bottom uh and then the whole system sort of collapses right, if either side. So in other words, the tension between the Brahmins and Kshatriyas uh, is something that's positive. It needs to be there. Uh, the Brahmins need to stay away from uh the kingdom and its wealth and its power. And the Kshatriyas need to stay away from uh religious um activities of the nature of the Brahmins. Right? And then this creates separate areas and and, and dominions or domains rather of work. Uh, and things can work well. Uh, and similarly, there's this uh, tension set up between householders and renunciates. This is something that's existed uh, throughout the history of um, uh, the culture of Srimad Bhagavatam uh, because the grasitas and householders are naturally invested in maintaining the social order, in maintaining family, in earning, in supporting society uh in making sure things in society continue uh this is the the the, the tendency this is f- natural for those who are householders uh so for example you see householders uh, they're always uh, interested in other people's marriages in trying to get other people married arranging marriages in introducing one person to another asking this is natural you get married you try to get others married like that um, and this is and sannyasis are uh, always in interested in encouraging people not to get married, right? Uh say Brahmachari, why are you taking the trouble? It's not necessary, you can manage, come travel with me, I'll help you. Right? So <laughs> this is natural because this is their position, their constitutional position. Um, and that that tension is, is very important because it provides two different healthy avenues for someone to live their life. Mm. Uh, and for grassas is very useful, very important because uh, as we go about our business of working and doing what we have to, we get very absorbed in the day-to-day activities and in the troubles and, and issues and, and happiness and all kinds of things that are involved in householder life. And so every once in a while, The sannyasis arrive and they give us some perspective on it. They say, you know, don't just look down, look up. You've got a whole world, uh, a spiritual world waiting for you and you need to get renounced. You have to detach from this world. You have to pull yourself out of it. So, Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I'm too absorbed, right? And then they leave and then we get busy again, work and start sinking and then, So it's it's an important process of sort of... Uh, on the other hand, householders have a very important role to play because they provide support for the entire social system. If you think about it, um, uh, of the four ashramas, only the grahasthas are supporting the brahmachais, the vanaprasthas, and the sannyasis. And amongst the four varnas, uh, only the um, vaishas are supporting the Brahmins, supporting the Kshatriyas, because they live off of taxes, and supporting the Shudras, who are employed by them. And so the householder Vaishyas, therefore, uh, as you can see, uh, share the largest burden in terms of maintaining society. It's like in our current society it would be the tax-paying middle class. The taxpayers who are in the middle class, they share, they hold the largest burden for um, maintaining society. Those who are extremely poor, they tend to live off of the government. Those who are in the government tend to live off of public uh, taxes. right? But it's the middle class who um, uh, end up paying all the taxes. So these two things, uh, you see in the Bhagavatam, there's always constant tension between Brahmins and Kshatriyas and between Krihastas and sannyasis. Right? Always you find in Bhagavatam, over and over again. Another story where this is present. In fact, sort of the exemplar of the sannyasi, renunciates is Narada Muni. Right? He's the best. And anytime there's this sort of tension that needs to arise, Narada Muni is always on the scene. What's the other famous example where he shows up? Daksha, right? The story of Daksha. Daksha has, uh, uh, what, a thousand or ten thousand kids? Ten thousand? Oh, yeah, it happens twice, right? So he has one time a thousand or ten thousand, and then he has another time, right? Uh, and each time Narada Muni shows up and he says, um, he preaches to the boys and says, uh, um, you know, not worth it, don't get involved, uh, take sannyas, and they say, yes, you're right, and they walk away. And Daksha fumes and gets really upset, and Muni laughs all the way home. Uh, and, then, and then he comes the second time, Daksha has another thousand kids. And then again, he shows up and preaches to them, and they're gone. Right? Finally, Daksha is really upset. So third time he has uh, a lot of kids. And this time, he comes and he says, Yeah, come, come. You want to come? They're here. And then Nadamu says, Ah, no, 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 never mind. <laughs> Off he goes. They're all 900 or uh, 1,000 girls, I think. He had. Right? So, muni says, no thank you. Right? Heads off. Uh, and this time, Daksha achieves his goal. Yeah. So, in that story, definitely Nāyadamuni has the upper hand. Here again is the same dynamic. muni is basically preaching to Maharaj Priyavrata. And he's saying, uh, not worth it. right? Don't go into a household's life. Uh, just take to the path of renunciation. This time, however, Narada instructions are superseded by the instructions of his father, Lord Brahma. Right? Brahma comes and this time he says, no, it's very important, it's the will of the Lord that you take up kingship, you become a householder, and you do this. And this way you'll be pleasing the Lord. Right? So you see kind of different instances. Sometimes Narada has the upper hand, sometimes uh, the householder perspective has the upper hand. But this is actually quite rare in Srimad Bhagavad by and large, Shrimad Bhagavatam is a text, uh, is a is a scripture that preaches renunciation. It ultimately uh, encourages us to become free of household life. And whenever household life is encouraged, then it's also always encouraged with that perspective of renunciation in mind. Right here again, it switched very very quickly. In the last verse, Lord Brahma was saying, household life is like a fortress. If you go there, you'll be protected from the onslaught of the senses and the mind. And in this verse, he revises his statement. He says, actually, the fortress is not household of life, it's the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. And because the Lord wants you to go into household life, therefore you'll be protected. So the Bhagavatam never really dwells too long on household life. Yes, some encouragement is there, but the primary perspective given in Shrimad Bhagavatam is renunciation. In fact, quite heavily so. Quite heavily so. You know the story of Lord Ramachandra, of course, the Ramayana. Uh, and over and over again the story of Ramayana is told all over the India and all over the world in so many different shastras, starting with Valmiki's Ramayana. So when the story of Lord Ramachandra shows up in Shrimad Bhagavatam in Canto 9, uh, <coughs> uh, Shukadeva Goswami begins almost apologetically. He says, you know, I know you've heard this story before so many times, so I'm only really gonna tell you in brief. Right? And he kind of goes through the story real quickly, but when he comes to the section of Lord Ramachandra separated from Mother Sita in the forest, and Lord Ram is really suffering and I mean lamenting rather, and he's, he's calling out and missing her and becoming very angry and becoming very sad. Do you know? Do you remember the moral that Shukdev Goswami draws from this uh, incident? from the Lord's separation from Mother Sita, the lesson, the moral he draws. Everywhere, all over India, in every Ramayana, it's always said that Lord Ram shows us the role of an ideal husband. Right? He shows us the role of an ideal husband, namely that you should always protect your wife and look after her. Right. Shukadev Goswami on the other hand says, Lord Ramachanda did this whole Leela just to show us the fate of someone who's attached to a woman. Right? This is the moral. You become too attached to a woman, this is what happens. You suffer like this. Right? Imagine. It's, uh, as far as I know, right? It's the only t- retelling of the Ramayana in which this is the moral of this really important incident. Uh, in Lord Ramachandra's story. So Bhagavatam is very um, emphatic about the importance of renunciation. right? Very emphatic. And yet it leaves an opening for grihasthas. Right? It leaves an opening for grihasthas. Um, you know, um, in America we celebrate this uh, holiday called Halloween. Uh, does it happen here? So, Halloween, all the ghosts and spirits and goblins come out, and um, you dress up and so on. And it's all about the theme is is horror and fear, la rasa. And um, so they set up these haunted houses, uh, big houses or big areas where you go in uh, for the purpose of being scared. Right, and then different things jump out at you, and it's kind of, and it's actually a lot of fun. I don't know how many of you have been in a haunted house, but <laughs> it's actually lots of fun, right? Um, this is what to life is like. It's like a haunted house, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It, it's it, it's not as bad as it sounds. Okay, a haunted house can actually be lots of fun. Lots of fun, as long as you know two things, right? Number one. You don't take anything that jumps out at you too seriously, okay? If you take it too seriously, then not good, right? Number one, you don't take anything too seriously. And number two, you know where the exit is, okay? (laughs) If you've got these two things in hand, then household life is, I mean, sorry, a haunted house is not actually too bad. It's actually lots of fun. People go by the thousands on Halloween to a haunted house. So household life is like that, right? It actually can be a lot of fun, right? It actually can be a nice position. Right? As long as you have these two things in mind. Right? Anything that jumps out at you, you don't take too seriously, right? Household life can have so many ups and downs and goods and bads and you kind of realize that, yeah, this is kind of what I signed up for. This is part of the whole story, right? If I'm looking for a platform of equilibrium, And steadiness and sort of life goes on very, very peacefully, then that's not going to happen in household life, right? This is, things are going to rise and things are going to fall and problems are going to come and happiness is going to come and all kinds of things, ups and downs are there. So not taking anything with too much seriousness, right? Oh oh my god, it's the end of the world. Uh, And secondly, knowing where the exit is, right? Uh, It's very important also. Uh, uh my spiritual master, Hanumat Preyashaka Swami, he always makes this point that you go into grahastha life knowing where the exit is, right? With an exit strategy in mind, right? With an exit strategy in mind. <laughs> uh, and that exit strategy is, of course, vanaprastha. It's the process of gradual detachment until you get to the end. Now, um, <laughs> a more sort of authorized analogy or metaphor for household life uh, is is the deep dark well, right? Um, that's given by Prahad Maj. He doesn't give the haunted house. Uh but the uh the deep dark well, uh Griham Andakupam, he says. Right? That's what household life is. But if you think of that metaphor and you draw it, you take it far enough, uh then you realize, well, a well is actually a pretty useful thing, right? Uh, Even deep, dark wells are very useful things because sometimes water is found very deep and in dark places under the earth. So wells are very important uh, for drinking. Uh, Here, even in Daudet, I believe most of the water in the castle comes from a well, right? So well is important. It can be a source of great sustenance, uh, satisfaction, etc. The only thing you don't want to do is accidentally fall into one. Uh, sometimes in India, there's um, there's these wells, which in the village, they don't have enough money to build up a wall around the well. Right? So it's just a, basically a big hole in the ground. And sometimes in the rain or in the, in, um, when the weather's not good or in the dark, uh, you don't notice where it is and you accidentally fall in. Right? And that can be very dangerous, very painful, difficult experience. I remember... Um, when we were on Rajya Parikrama, the year uh, uh, we went, it was um, someone like, some that happened uh, to one of our, uh, we went out in the field to do our business in the morning. It was about four o'clock in the morning, dark, and one of our party members fell into a well. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it wasn't too deep, no bones broken, nothing, and it was dry. So they were calling and we pulled them out. Uh, but that's, that's grihasta life, right? If, if you kind of don't realize what you're getting into and just whoop, happen to fall into it, uh, as it happens sometimes, then it can be a very difficult process trying to adjust, trying to get out, not having expectations right, etc. But when you come to the well with proper understanding, with some measure of caution, with an idea of what you want to do at the well, then a well is actually one of the most important places for human society. No village can exist without a well unless there's a river or something like that nearby. So crucial. And so the institution of household life is one of the most crucial aspects of any society. So important. When it's done conscientiously, when proper walls are built, when you come to it with the right perspective, etc., etc., etc. So <clears throat> that's kind of the delicate balance uh, of of um, uh, that sort of Lord Brahma is treading in this chapter uh, of on the one hand, sort of affirming yes, it's it's true, you know, there's you're right, renunciation and full dedication to the Lord through the Lord is the most important thing, but at the same time, it's not necessarily uh, mutually exclusive. It's not necessarily that if uh, you you can't please the Lord if you're involved in household life. Rather, uh, um, the importance of loka lokasangraha of keeping the world and society together. Your role in that as a householder, your responsibility is very very important, and this is what the Lord wants you to do, and so do that. And therefore, I give you the assurance. Okay, that if you enter household life with this perspective in mind you have nothing to fear he says you have nothing to fear because the question of course that Parikh Siddhartha Maharaj asked Dev Goswami at the beginning of this chapter he asked him two questions the first question he says is how is it that a pure devotee of the Lord could become attached or involved in household life that's the first question and then the second question is after he got involved how could he actually go back to Godhead? How could he become perfected? Right? So both issues are there. How? Why would a devotee, uh, a, a perfect devotee, ever get involved in household life? And once he did become attached in this world, then how would he ever get out? And so Lord Brahma is answering those questions here. He says he gets involved because, uh, and the word is very nice here, uh, two, two things he describes. One is, he says it's, The order of the Lord, number one. That's sort of the ultimate thing. And number two, he describes in this verse. He says, Prakritim Bhajaswa. Pay attention to your own nature. So something about Maharaj Priyavrata told Lord Brahma that yes, you're meant to be in household life. And it's also the desire of the Lord. So these things come together nicely. Don't worry, you'll be protected if you uh, go into it uh, with that uh, idea with that purpose and accept whatever enjoyment that's destined for you right? whatever you're supposed to get accept that enjoyment because that too is meant for you to come and this is also an important point because sometimes as devotees we enter household life and then our primary goal or tension becomes how can I uh, avoid material enjoyment in every possible way right? that somehow I should not even accidentally end up enjoying the material world but that's not a fact. Right? The whole point we come into household life is for some sort of enjoyment. Otherwise, why would you enter household life? And that enjoyment, so long as it's regulated, it's according to regulated principles, then that enjoyment is pious. Right? It's approved by the Lord, right? uh, as long as it's according to regulated principles. And it's allotted to us as our share, which we can enjoy until time is up. Right? And then... We have, to, we have to let go yeah, until time is up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, and so, uh, you know, recently um, I was uh, talking to a devotee. He was asking about the performance of Garbhadhana samskara. Right? Uh, and Prabhupada talks about it as pretty much the m- most important samskara other than marriage uh, that he discusses in his books. Uh, And, of course, the primary idea is that uh, cultivating a consciousness that is um, uh, spiritual enough that the soul who's attracted into the womb by the act of conception will be uh, a spiritually inclined living entity. Uh, And that the whole process of creating a child is done conscientiously. It's done with purpose, with direction. That's the idea. And so one question he asked me was, well i mean should we like do this whole thing and no like try to not enjoy at all right uh, let let it be something that's as miserable or as i don't know difficult as possible and the answer is no right the answer is no uh, the point is yes there is certain type certain level of enjoyment that's allotted to a living entity based on their position Right? There are certain kinds of enjoyment that a sannyasi receives as a result of his position. There's a certain kind of enjoyment that a grihastha receives as a result of his position. A certain kind of enjoyment that a brahmachayi receives, etc. And that enjoyment should be accepted insofar as it's according to religious principles. Right? It has to be accepted because that too is being given by the Lord. We should not reject it. That would also be spiting. That would also be arrogance to say, no, no, no I'm not going to take it at all. There's a nice story of uh, Janaka uh, in the scriptures in which one time a um, one of his citizens comes to him and, and Maharajanaka was very famous as a very learned scholar, a very great devotee also, one of the Mahajans. Even Lord Krishna mentions him in Bhagavad Gita, in Janaka Adaya he says, Janaka and many great souls in the past became devotees through this process. So uh, he was famous for his wisdom. And one time a skeptic came to him and said, you know, it's very easy for you uh, to talk all this philosophy and be a great devotee because you're a king. You've got nothing to worry about. Everything is taken care of you. Your material s- situation is secure. And Maharaj Janakai took that very humbly and he said, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that point, but honestly there's nothing I can do about it. Right? This situation has just been given to me by the Lord, uh, so I'm saddled with my situation in the same way that you're saddled with yours. And the man starts laughing and says, huh, that's again easy for you to say because you're the king, so I, I can't do anything. Of course you can do something about this. Right? Just give it all up, and it's all gone. So Janaka says, okay, I'll do that. And so in the middle of the night, no one knows. He steals away and he heads to the forest, right, vanaprastha, prematurely. And he heads out and he walks and he walks and he walks and he walks. And he gets tired and ultimately finds a tree under which to sleep. In the course of the night and early morning, a, a neighboring king is coming with his retinue to see Maharajanaka. Along the way, they happen to pass by that road, and who do they see but Jenica lying under a tree, sleeping? And this is very shocking to them, and they don't know what to do. Uh, and so the king says, uh, the other king, he says, "Don't, don't. We don't know his reason for it. Don't wake him up. Let's just set up camp here." And so they set up camp and they put up a tent, a very nice one, around. Maharaj Janaka. And they have a couple servants standing him and there's some water there and some fruits and some food is brought. And Maharaj Janaka wakes up only to find himself in another palace. <laughs> uh, and so he's, the king is very happy to see him and says, what happened? What brought you? He said, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. But first, can I please just call one person who needs to see this? And so he invites that person who was criticizing him, calls him and says, look. This is what happened. Right? I cannot run away from my karma. Just as I cannot run away from the bad, I also cannot run away from the good. Right? Both things have to be accepted. Uh, and so also there's a very beautiful prayer by Maharaj Kula Sekhara, Right? He was also a king, a very very opulent and powerful king, in which he says exactly the same thing. Uh, he tells Krishna, he says, Yad bhavyam tad bhavatu bhagavan Whatever I'm destined to get, I'll accept it. It's okay. I'll take it. He, he starts off by saying, He says, My Lord, I have no desire for dharma, and I have no desire for money or wealth. And I don't want any sort of sense enjoyment. But then he looks at himself and he says, you know, he's a king. Unlimited forms of sense enjoyment. Unlimited amount of wealth. So then he says, Yad bhavyam tad bhavatu bhagavan. Purva karma anurupam. Whatever I am supposed to get, Purva karma anurupam, according to my past karma, tad bhavyam. Let it be. Fine. I'll accept it. But my prayer, Tvat pādām bho ruha gata bhakti rastu. Let me always have my mind completely fixed on the lotus feet, on your lotus feet. Your, the, the, your feet, that are just like a lotus flower. Exactly the same message Brahmaji is saying here. That whatever enjoyment you're destined to get, bhajaswa. Accept it. Worship it. Bhajaswa means also accept or share it. Take part in it. Bhajasva. It's according to your nature, according to karma. Accept it. But make sure you're protected by the lotus feet of the Lord. Make sure you're doing this according to His desire, according to His plan. Then things will be okay. Hmm. Things will be okay. So, I'll stop there. Any questions or comments? Uh, Mother Jayabhata? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brahmins, they uh, see, okay, so Brahminical life or Brahminical per- perfection in Brahminical life brings with it. Definitely some power, right? This is described in Bhagavatam as brahma-tejas, the power of a brahmana. And this power is said to be more powerful than the power of any kshatriya in this world, right? or any other kind of power for that matter, is brahma tejas because it's spiritual power, spiritually directed or perfected power. So there's no doubt about that. However, the cultivation of brahminical culture in society is something that requires protection by other classes of society that's more that your lone perfect advanced brahmana will survive no matter what happens right uh, that because he is fully surrendered to the Lord or at least completely self-controlled therefore he's completely independent and fearless and therefore that brahmana doesn't or should not require anything in terms of protection right? but there's very little chance that there will be another generation of Brahmans who will be encouraged to pursue that lifestyle unless there's some proper protection offered to them. And therefore, it was the duty of the kshatriyas to provide protection for for the Brahmins. Because, yes, sure, they can kill if necessary. But by killing, they're also destroying one of their most important religious principles, which is ahimsa. So by doing what's necessary to protect Brahminical culture, the Brahmanas end up in some way destroying it. And this is why when the Brahmins were doing the fire sacrifices in the Ramayana and the demons, the Rakshasas, were disturbing them, Sage Vishwamitra came to King Dasharatha and said, I need your son to help me go and defeat these demons. And he tells them again specifically that I am capable of doing that myself. And clearly Vishwamitra was. He was very powerful. But... Uh, He says, we will not, right? While the sacrifice is being performed, it's kind of like if we kill, then we destroy the sacrifice. So either they destroy it or we destroy it. What's the difference? Because we've broken one of our principles that's involved ahimsa for the, for the brahmanas. So that's why Brahminical culture requires external protection on all levels, physically of course, but also in terms of creating a, a social space where, uh, uh, education and and the pursuit of spiritual knowledge can take place. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes? How does the, the Brahmachari know that it's fine to get married and how does it prehasta know how it's fine to take out? Are there some eternal symptoms, desire, or intention? Right. Yeah, the, the Brahmachari... Um, well, the, the first indicator... Uh, of the need of, of ha- making a decision is age, right? Is age, uh, namely that um, Prabhupada explains that around the age of 25, uh, you, sh- you should start making a decision about it. Right at that point, make, being indecisive is not very good. It means a decision should be reached relatively soon around that time, uh, whichever way the decision goes. So age is a very important factor in sort of, in both cases. Uh, but then the second stage is. The, the second thing, of course, is personal desire, is you sort of realize, okay, I'm coming to a point where these issues make a difference to me. Right? At a certain age, of course, the desire or interest in the opposite sex arises. But nevertheless, even at that stage, it may not be an issue. In other words, it's not something that matters much in your life. Right? You can stay absorbed in your work and your career and your service or whatever and just kind of ignore it. At some point in life, it becomes like, okay, I can't ignore this anymore. I have to either make a concerted decision and effort to stay Brahmachai or I have to, you know, um, I have to become a Grihastha. Uh, so that's then another indicator. And then the third is, of course, seeking advice from others. And this is what Maharaj Priyavrata is doing here. He gets advice from his spiritual master about it and he goes also to um, Lord Brahma who is would be his... Uh, um, grandfather, right? uh, his grandfather, uh, and and others, and says, you know, what is the will of the Lord? What is my nature? Apparently, Lord Brahma understands Maharaj Prayagarth's nature. This is why he's saying, "Prakritim bhajasva, do according to your nature." Right? So apparently, he he knows him well enough. Where he's saying, "I'm telling you, this is your nature. You you should do this." Um, so in those ways we can kind of tell. Okay, it's time to make a decision. And then for Grihastha's entering vanaprastha, something similar. Prabhupada, in one place he says when the hairs start turning white uh, on the head, then <laughs> then he, it's it's time to start thinking. And few just few verses before he says uh, at the age of fifty or a little after that. So around that time he says it's important to. Uh, other places he says when the kids are grown up. And able to take care of themselves. That's usually an important milestone in, um, especially when the kids get married. Important milestone in a householder's life. That okay, you know my responsibilities are, are relatively taken care of now. Things are much freer.
1: And then also, same thing
0: uh, is internally. Also, there ends up becoming a certain level of, uh, what's the word? Sort of irritation, um, impatience. With household life, like, um, I I can't deal with this anymore. (laughs) You you deal with it, right? And that impatience is a good sign that, okay, no longer necessary to micromanage. yeah we've been in the haunted house long enough and <laughs> time for a more steady existence outside of the where where people don't jump out at you <laughs> when you're not watching so um yes <coughs> Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah I mean practically I think it 's sort of the most socially speaking it 's the most important task that we have before us as a society is to help with the transition from uh, unmarried to married i mean if that if we can help with that and create some sort of structure, something that you know uh, can can ease that transition and make it more conscientious and so on then um, Then practically, so much would be helped, so much would be solved, Um, you know. Because in terms of structures in place to help other stages of life, I think, I think we've we're at least getting there. We're doing good progress in terms of, you know, sort of conscientious training and so on. Uh, But, but that transition, which is which is the most uh, sort of, um, what's the word? unpredictable sort of transition, the most uh, possibly problematic one. That one is is sort of... If we can develop that in some way, it would be wonderful. And you see some, some areas of positive help and engagement in that sort of thing um, with devotees sort of making an effort especially those who are older and senior devotees, even if they didn't have the benefit of that, or because they didn't have the benefit of that, saying, I really like to give this benefit to those who are younger and trying their very best to help in many ways. And, and even spiritual masters and sannyasis getting leveled, getting involved to a level which they, necess- I mean, they, they frankly shouldn't have to be bothered with, and yet doing that because they realize there's no other social net available. And so gurus serving as matchmakers, etc., etc. So... It's it's um, yeah. It's definitely an, an area that sort of um, um, yes, bro. I would possible that in some cases, with will of the Lord and what is in one's nature, it's going to be with not be the same. The Lord would have another plan, not the same as the person's nature. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Krishna can be. Um, emphatic in his ways uh, <laughs> it 's possible, but generally krishna doesn 't push like that he doesn 't push us in a way that we know will crumble and collapse later, you know because what 's the point means he can get an extra five years of brahmacharya out of us, and then we just you know <laughs> he, he, his interest is not to do that, um, so uh, generally sometimes he can, uh, he can want that we go through a certain process of getting there. Uh, but um, uh, but the transition may be longer or shorter, it may be easier or more difficult. But Krishna generally encourages us to follow our nature. I mean, even in Bhagavad Gita, right, with Arjun, he's telling him to follow his nature. And his instruction is consonant with Arjuna's nature. Ultimately, Krishna's point in Gita is give up all your dharma and do what I'm telling you to do, right? But then what Krishna's t- telling him to do just so happens to be also consonant with with his nature. And so Krishna is usually quite good like that. He kind of matches things up nicely for us. Other questions? Yes. In the fibro there was two kinds of material in Jordan described. One is according to our previous benefits, and one is that it's given by Krishna. So how will they want to Yeah. Um okay, let me uh find that yeah. Okay. Uh material enjoyment achieved by dint of one's fruit of activities differs from material enjoyment given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So um, my understanding of this sentence here is uh when Prabhupada says given by dint of one's fruit of activities, he means the efforts that we the fruit of efforts we put up put uh, ourselves through in this life in order to better our material situation uh, as opposed to our past karma. Because our past karma is basically whether you take it as past karma or you take it as given by the Lord, either way, it's something you're stuck with. It, you know, you can't really deal with it. But what you do for the future and how you develop this life, uh, that's sort of up to us. And so the point he's making is that uh, when we when we struggle for material enjoyment as it's created uh, by us in our own desire, in our own plans, yeah. then that material enjoyment has the potential of Um, entangling us of trapping us and pulling us down but material enjoyment that we end up getting simply because it's part of our package when we come into this world past our past karma or given by the hand of the Lord or or maybe the same thing depending on your perspective that is something that we just have to accept and we should accept rather cheerfully whether it's good or whether it's uh, bad does that make sense? okay there was another uh, um, uh, nice point here um um yeah this point that he's making of don't fear right, don't be afraid uh because Krishna will protect you even in the midst of that enjoyment uh and and um i I think that's that's a nice place to end because it's a sort of a overall point is that regardless of which ashram we're in right, we sh we you know we shouldn't fear. Um, uh, even in grihasta life, uh, not to fear that I'll become, I'll become completely fallen in maya. Because, you know, we hear so much, 50% of your material life is finished, 75% of your material, spiritual life, rather, is finished when you go into grihasta life. Yes, that's true, but also we realize, okay, if I'm doing it by the instructions of the Lord, then Krishna will protect me. Uh, In that, He'll let me know when it's time to move on. He'll help me see things if I'm seeing them in the wrong way, if I'm becoming too attached. And we see that Krishna does help, very practically. He helps us. uh, And He kind of lets us know uh, when we're getting too, you know, absorbed in the whole scene and not, and losing our perspective. Krishna will give us little reminders, and sometimes very strong reminders. Uh, in in this way, he he protects us from becoming. He he never ever let devotees become so absorbed in their gurhasta life that it becomes absolutely impossible to uh, to um, detach themselves ultimately and surrender to Krishna. He he never allows that. And so, material enjoyment for a devotee is always contained. And we see this also. It's always like, you know, you get some enjoyment, but Krishna will never give it at such a degree. That you know, you just kind of go. Oh, this is the greatest thing in the world because he doesn't want that uh, for his devotees. Right? He always kind of gives it in a tempered, and this is his protection uh, for devotees. Okay. Uh, thank you all very much for your attention. Shri Prabhupada ki jai. Bhagavatam ki jai.